This is RevTech Podcast, where we discuss everything from business processes to measurement and technical alignment. The RevTech mission focuses on effectively managing and optimizing the go-to-market strategy through methodologies, tools, and best practices. We discuss the success criteria and technical fit guides for decision-making and ensure solutions align with the business goals. It brings me great pleasure to introduce our guest today, Eddie Patch. Eddie is the brilliant mind behind Partner Portal, a remarkable self-serve PRM platform specifically designed to assist in launching and nurturing custom partner programs. Many of us here are familiar with Eddie. He's our former colleague at NextRule and Rollworks. It's a pleasure to have you. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Hi, Eddie. It's so good to have you here. And thank you for being our inaugural guest. So yeah, let's start off with understanding what Partner Portal is in our sales pitch round. Can you give us the, the elevator pitch? Yeah, yeah. So Partner Portal was built to help teams manage their go-to-market strategy as it relates specifically to partnerships. So a lot of companies today, they're launching partner programs. And what they're finding is that it's a, a very valid revenue stream for them and can equate to anywhere from 5% of revenue up, upwards to what we've seen between 80 and 90% of overall revenue sometimes. So the platform helps teams manage, measure, and track all the partner activity that's taking place between them and their, and their partners. And when you say partner activity, is it co-marketing, co-selling? Like what exactly? Yeah. So right now we're really focused on a couple types of partnerships. Uh, referral partners were kind of was kind of the way we came in. And so this is really having a joint visibility of your pipeline and being able to submit leads to one another. We'll even take it further. And if a partner gives you a lead and it turns into a close one deal, we can facilitate the payment for the commission. We also are looking at, we're working with reseller partners too. So having your companies that are selling your product on your behalf actually run your sales cycle all the way down to having it update your own CRM. And so they, they can run with the deal, they can market closed one, and it could be marked closed one directly in your own sales force. Well, that makes sense. All right. What is the use case you want to share with us today? Yeah, so I was going to go through one of our CRM integrations with HubSpot. Uh, this is our most popular integration, and I thought it'd be a good one to share with your audience. So this is the inside of our, our platform and our demo account. Here's a handful of our different integrations that we offer today. Specifically with HubSpot, we allow people to configure this and map it directly to the way that they would want a workflow to happen in their own CRM. And so what this means is mm -hmm. that when a lead comes in from your partner, we could bring it into HubSpot for you, uh, but we'll do it in, in a way that's going to be configured directly to your RevOps or the, your workflow. And so what we do in, on the back end here is we first off decide what pipeline you actually want to bring these leads in. So if you have deals flowing in from a partner or multiple partners, you might want to have deals coming in directly to your sales team and let them pick them up from there and just run with it directly. Or we could have it go into a, a separate pipeline, a partnership pipeline. Mm -hmm. From there, we're going to map the progress of the deal, and we're going to make that visible to your partner so they can follow along with the deal as it progresses. So I give you a deal, 
your sales team is running with it. Oftentimes in the past, there wasn't really transparency or clarity on what happened to that deal once I gave it to you. And so we'll, we'll update your partners on your behalf as it moves through the sales cycle. We'll let them know when it goes to proposal. We'll let them know if it was closed one or closed lost. Additionally, any activity that's happening in the portal. So if you're talking back and forth with your partners, we're going to map that directly into HubSpot. And we have the ability mm -hmm. to do all this with additional custom field mapping too. So let me show you a quick example. Let's say I'm your partner and I want to submit a deal to you for a demo request. I can fill out your form that you created for me. And I could fill out these bottom three fields, which are actually custom fields that will go directly into your uh, spot record. And so when I submit it, let's say you and uh, Demetrius and, and Lizzie, you guys are the ones who receive the lead. You have the ability to review it. You have the ability to talk to your partner and say, you know, do they have budget for this? And submit a comment. And then you have the ability to map it directly back into HubSpot. So I can either link it to an existing deal in HubSpot that maybe a seller is already working, or I could simply create a new deal. Mm -hmm. And what this does is now I'm, I'm taking the activity that's happening with a partner and kind of this like separate go-to-market strategy that's happening outside of sales, and I'm bringing it into the sales team. And so now it's, it's populating directly in their pipeline, just like any other lead would. And so a seller mm -hmm. will perceive the lead here, and they're going to have the ability to know that this was a deal that came in from a partner. And if I'm moving it through, it's going to be marked close one. And ultimately it's going to update the uh, partner portal to be close one as well. And so this is going to let your partners know that that deal you, you actually sent over, it was good. We're going to celebrate on it. And then actually in the portal, will even show your sellers the activity that's happening. So the, um, the seller that hops in, maybe they don't even know that it's being worked by a partner or they just kind of want to keep visibility. They're going to see the congrats here for, uh, directly from Partner Portal. So yeah, it's a, it's a great way to, to align both sales and partnerships in the entire go-to-market team. And of course, with HubSpot, there's a number of workflows you could build on top of our data, uh, which mm -hmm. you can see in an example here. And you're integrated with Salesforce as, as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's one of our, our integrations too. We're actually rolling out three more CRM integrations, Pipedrive, Dynamics, and Zoho. So that's a, that's a big launch for us uh, because our core audience has both been HubSpot and Salesforce to date. And then we just launched our Zapier integration, which now is bringing things from anywhere. So here's an example of you have a landing page on your marketing site using Typeform. Let's say a form is submitted. We'll create that lead directly for you in Partner Portal too. So that, that sounds cool. I mean, there's, there's a lot of similar tools, you know, and also a lot of integrations with the CRM, right? Everyone is trying to get into the CRM in general, providing the extra data points. So what would you call out as a, you know, benefits for the, for your buyer, right? What, what do you think is a, uh, a value for them buying your solution. Yeah, so a lot of times the so we didn't invent this category. Uh, it's called the partner relationship management category or channel mm -hmm. management. the The benefit of our platform and our solution today versus anyone else 
relative to a lot of these other companies that were existed prior, we we would be considered the more of the modern version. So Partner Portal is the only self-serve option. It's the only one you could hop in and just connect your integrations. You could do fully customize your portal and have everything launched in the same day. Mm-hmm. And what we found was in our research prior to launching, this type of portal would take months to actually onboard and launch and customize. Not to mention Partner Portal is about a fourth of the cost uh, on average between other platforms. Um, so it's it's definitely a, a worth worth checking out, especially for teams that are kind of just getting started with partnerships or they've had a bad experience with with other platforms in the past. Yeah, and it does it sounds like it doesn't rely on your operations team in-house to do a lot of the work, which is often one of the bigger hurdles for partnerships teams. Yeah, that's the that's the big one. People would at they ask me all the time, like, uh, do we need our Salesforce admin on this? Do we need to hire a dev? because that's what they learned in the past of what they've had to do. A lot of times too, partnership teams, their budget isn't, it's, it's, can, can be limited too. And so you, you need the flexibility and, the, and being able to be dynamic to launch your own platforms and do it pretty seamlessly without having to, to like involve a ton of resources internally. Yeah, that, that is always a pain, no matter where you are, what are you doing? It's always more tools and I need to be, managed uh, and maintained. So definitely a value here as, as well. So, For sure. you, you know, of course, you you know, I'm a metric guy. So what are kind of the success metrics uh, that the buyers should follow implementing your tool and solution? Uh, what do you think is valuable to them to measure? Yeah, I think prior to even measuring our data, there's insights to consider even before you decide to launch a partner program. Um, mm-hmm. For one, sales cycles in general have been shown to be 40% faster when a partner is involved. They're also 19% more likely to close when a partner is involved. And so for those that are on the fence that are thinking about launching a partner program, those are some of the metrics that uh, often will aid and, and help people consider even in launching it. Second, we tend to look at our progression of, of metrics in a few ways. So people look at just standing up the portal as a way to formalize this partner program, a way to offer credibility to uh, entice and intrigue and uh, court uh, new partners on uh, when you're just getting started. So being able to hop on with a partner manager and saying, look, this is how we partner. This is our portal. Uh, really formalizing it is going to increase your likelihood of, of securing strong partners. The metrics mm-hmm. that people start to look at, uh, we actually have a metrics dashboard we launched and it's in our in our platform. Uh, those are things like understanding what's the growth of the program over month over month or quarter over quarter. Um, so how many new partners have we added? Um, how many new leads are being submitted through uh, per, on a per partner basis? Um, so the average number of leads that you're receiving from a, a partner, this is a great way to signify uh, engagement with your partners. And then we start to look at pure revenue. Um, so of the, the leads that were sourced from our partners, how many of those ended up being closed one? What percentage of our overall revenue is now being driven by either a partner sourced lead or a partner influenced lead? So having a, the partner team touch, uh, have a touch point on the lead, uh, how many of those are actually turning into closed one and what's that turning into long-term? And so these are some of the, the the big metrics. Initially, when we get launched and we onboard people, we're usually looking at just overall engagement. So how 
how many uh, stakeholders have you involved from the partner team? Um, how many of them are in your shared Slack channel? How often are you communicating with them? Um, so it's a, a lot of like the building blocks initially for for metrics. Uh, no, and partner, oh, sorry, go ahead, Demetrius. No, go ahead. Um, partner source and partner influence revenue is really hard to track when you don't have any type of PR on platform. So these are like the key metrics for the partnerships teams to understand, but really for the overall business, right? Because as you're making investment decisions, you think, oh, our sales team is doing really well, or leads are coming in from our marketing team and partner source and influence opt isn't tracked. So if you're not tracking that, you can't know, oh, we should keep investing in partnerships and in this team and what we're doing here. So that's great to be able to have that easily funnel into the Salesforce or HubSpot or whatever CRM. Yeah, what we were finding is that a, a lot of partner managers were basically creating like their own reporting to keep to find out partner influence and in, in the attribution. And so people are using things like Airtable, uh, Tableau, and then like putting it into um, like a, a Salesforce dashboard. And there's just a lot of different parts. Uh, and so that we we found that that was a really good opportunity for us to actually build the first um, like partner centric analytics dashboard. Uh, we're finding our customers would use it in their QBRs. They use it in their sales kickoff where they take they'll take some screenshots. Yep. They'll include that. Um, our our next metrics update is going to include forecasting for those resellers that I mentioned. So if you have like five companies that are just selling your product for you, it's hard to give visibility on how much money is potentially coming in. And so mm -hmm. now we're allowing your partners to provide that forecast. Uh, so you can, you could hop in and say, oh, our partners are actually forecasting 1.2 million for next quarter. Um, so it's almost like this like secondary sales team that could also live in your sales force. That's awesome. That's always a, a very unattainable number. Yeah, and I think the metric that is hard to to really capture here, but important is like the time saved, right? Because it's no longer emailing back and forth to figure the stuff out or going through Google Forms to to figure out and then go and submit that lead into Salesforce or whatever it may be. So that's a big part of this as well. Yeah, there's a lot of lost leads that kind of like fall through the cracks too uh, when you don't have a formal process where partner gave it to me and never really made it to the right seller and then never actually got work. It's actually a really high percentage. Uh, so yeah, not just the time in the upfront, but also the time to go and figure out the attribution in the back. Yeah, the reporting and it's always, always a problem. And I think uh, very often, uh, you know, you see that the partner reporting or analytics is, is like a stepchild, you know, <laughs> of the kind of core direct sale. And that's not a good practice because when you're spending money in your partner program, you want to make sure that the money follows the money, right? That means that if you spend it here, you know what you're getting back. And, you know, having the ability to see this and also nice structure way that, you know, tidy data connected format, I think it's extremely important, right? And I'm, I'm talking from perspective of someone who was dealing with that for some time and also couldn't do this in a, in a very effortless way, right? So having something in place that can do this for you is extremely helpful. So that gets me to another question I have. It's like, how do you see your tools really helping the go-to-market teams work together? Collaboration here is important. You mentioned about handing over deals between the reps and the kind of the partner manager. You know, uh, how do you see this, uh, you know, being facilitated through your platform? Yeah, I mean, we, you want it to be, full, first off, for teams to be aligned 
and make it easy. It needs to be as automated as possible. So everybody has the right information and the right data at the right time. Um, so a lot of the automation I showed with HubSpot, aligning it with the sales stage, being able to see the comments from your partners, like a lot of it is just having the data at your fingertips. So for us, the when we, we just started pushing that data into HubSpot in terms of the comments and the activity. So that's the first step into really bringing in mm -hmm. the broader broader teams uh, across all go-to-market. So even if I'm a, an executive stakeholder and I'm trying to get involved in a late stage deal, I could hop, hop into the opportunity in Salesforce and not just see our own internal activity and call recording from Gong and, and Chorus. Now I'm starting to see the, even the engagement that was, that's happening with our partners. And that was just a big gap that people didn't have prior. Um, so allowing the data to live in your own systems is a, is a really big deal. Um, CRMs, that's been kind of like table stakes for us. Now we're moving into more of uh, what we're going to be launching with a Slack bot. So any, anybody in Slack in that channel will have full visibility as well. Um, so you won't even really need to log into Partner Portal or the CRM. Um, you'll be able to see it directly in Slack if you need to. And you touched on this a little bit, but it's also kind of goes into how you're marketing the partner program, right? Like this is our tool. This is how we work with partners. This is a benefit of that partner program as well. Yeah, that's that's a big thing for a lot of early stage companies. So companies that are like 50 employees or less, they basically are leaning into partners heavily. They're they're using these early partners to build their business and get those first customers, basically get to their like 25k MRR, 100k MRR, like like very early. Um, and so, if you're getting on a call with somebody, you really need to show that you invested into your partner program, even if you don't have a full partner team. And so, partner portal, uh, partner fleet. Uh, you let's say you have a, a directory and you're you want to showcase the partners or reveal crossbeam for account mapping. You're demonstrating an, an investment long term. Uh, so it's a it's a great first step between you and your partner. I think that's a good segue into more of like, what is your go-to-market strategy? So what type of customers does your product fit best? And has your ideal customer profile changed at all? You're kind of mentioning like more and more companies are standing up partner programs earlier on. So has that changed over the last four years? Yeah, when we first launched, we basically were doing, we did everything that, that wasn't scalable uh, just to get early customers. So we would take, we were taking calls or basically inbound leads from like, we, I remember we had a call with Square uh, and we were tiny, um, but we didn't know where we fit on the spectrum of uh, ICP. It's quickly, we learned that we, we do have a sweet spot. It's really 50 employees to about 2000. Um, and that, that's been pretty we kept that pretty consistent for most of the business. That to us is a, a place where there's usually at least one person that's dedicated to partnerships, if not more. Um, you don't have a sales team that's kind of moonlighting as partnerships. There's like a dedicated function. And then most of the customers within there have been B2B SaaS platforms. Uh, they're companies that basically any company that's going to market in partnerships is a part of their, their go-to-market strategy. And then, of course, with our integrations, we've, we've been kind of siloed to HubSpot and Salesforce, which has been fine. The TAM for those two CRMs is massive, so it, it hasn't been hindering. But now, as we move into additional CRMs and Zapier, we start. Our, I'm assuming our ICP is going to change a little bit. So it's going to be potentially people that aren't 
in that box. And maybe it, you start looking at other industries and verticals. But for the most part, that's that's what we've been. That makes sense. And how are you selling? Are you selling with product-led growth, partner-led growth, marketing, sales? What does that mix look like for you guys? Yeah, so in the last four years, we we actually didn't even have an outbound motion until recently. Um, so all of our all of our business was done with in, an inbound strategy. Um, so we we rank very well on our organic on Google. We also leveraged a lot of our early partners to to get our our early customers. So building an integration with Crossbeam and then building partnerships with companies like Crossbeam has been a big part of our own go to market. Just being able to get us into the conversation um, from a from a product standpoint, we spent the last 12 months shifting what we we wanted to focus on, which was just becoming fully self-serve and then moving away from a reliance on actually having uh, having to do a full-fledged outbound strategy all the time. And what that means is that with the, our self-serve is that we're no longer requiring a fully led sales cycle where we're on calls with them every every time it's becoming more of a sales assisted workflow where we have people come in today they sign up they get started they launch their partner program they never even talk to anyone on my team so it's it's a combination of this like fully self-serve and what we call sales assisted and to us the sales assisted for an early stage company is a great way to scale uh you we didn't have to go and hire five AEs. It gives us the ability to touch and work on a number of different companies simultaneously without investing as much on uh, the need for employees. And you mentioned some of your partnerships a little bit, like your integration with with Crossbeam, for example. But are you working with anyone on the more the channel side? Are you working with the agencies and, and other companies there? Agencies were kind of an early adopter of the platform. Uh, we actually came out of an agency. So this this was an in-house tool um, at an agency uh, that was spun out into its own entity. So a lot of our early stage customers were agencies. Um, I would say that we've got a few we've partnered with. What's interesting about that is that our partner program is is on our, our homepage. And we actually get a lot of organic signups directly to our partner program. Um, they're usually agencies or consultants or individuals that'll come in and, and sign up. Um, so it's, it hasn't been something that we've fully gone after, but it, it is something that's organically going to happen. Yeah. Are you seeing any of that happening with, uh, um, agencies actually focused on like helping to, I guess consulting companies would be the better term, helping to build partner programs and them really leaning into partner portal. Yeah, we've had a few. So it's, um, there, there's definitely they, they kind of come and go. I, I, I've seen a few that are like, uh, like when we looked at the ABM world, like in the cloud-based marketing, there's some really well-established agencies that have gotten up to upwards of 100 to 200 employees that are strictly ABM consultants, and they do really well. Um, in the partnership world, you, you only really see that at the very top on the enterprise channel level. Uh, we're starting to yeah. see consultant firms pop up for more like the ICP we're in, 50 to 2,000 employees. And so I think we're just starting to see the beginning of those agencies form. I, I get a lot of inquiries of people that they want to get a demo so that they can share with their with their clients. But it, it I would say it's not yet established in this particular sector. Yeah. 
I have a quick question on the go-to-market strategy. How did the, the whole situation in 23 really change your your strategy? Is this a necessity or you really figured out that, okay, actually that's, that is the easier way to get, you know, uh, my costs under control and also make sure that, you know, I still retain my, my ability to conduct this sales process, right? The POG is this new thing yeah. that people are trying to figure out. A lot of people, you know, they have their own opinion about that, right? And, uh, but there's no like a one standard here, right? Like there are some attempts to make that standard, but it's not, right? So, it, you know, question for you is like whether you, you, you really thought, okay, this is the way to do this because of uh, the this market situation or it's more about, hey, you know what? Actually, this is the way to do this because I have that product and the nature of that product. No, I think if I were to launch any a new company today, I would still be 100% PLG. Um, I think it's the future mm -hmm. of software. I think it's the future of business. And so the if you look at the companies, the software companies that trade on the NASDAQ today or on, uh, that trades publicly, they the ones that have launched a PLG motion and the ones that have really leaned into that where it makes up a big part of the way that they attract customers, those companies are worth 30% mm -hmm. more than a non-PLG software company. And it's not by coincidence. It's be because of the the ability to scale and what, what that allows you to do. And so I would not change that. It actually, what we're seeing is that it, it's there's more people that that's just how they buy today. So if somebody's doing an evaluation of the PRM space and they, they go to our, five of our com companies in our categories, and we're the only one that they can actually sign up for and launch and start using. We have mm -hmm. already, we've already accelerated past their entire sales cycle. Like I'll catch people signing up with us while they're still trying to schedule their second call with a sales rep at a, at a competitor. It just, it's people want to move quickly. They've already done all their research. They kind of narrowed down their short list. And if you're not giving them the ability to hop in and even use it and test it quickly and easily, it's a big miss. Um, so the, PLG to me is is 100 the way to go. We're we're seeing more and more people hop in and, and get launched on their own. And then I wouldn't. What I mentioned earlier was that I I'm not. We're not 100 PLG. We still have that sales assist, which gives you that real life person if you need to have that engagement. Right. That makes a lot of sense. And I think I like the way that you're actually describing this, like the small company, you have to start, you have to test it, you have to make sure that you, you know, you can really prove it through the product value itself, instead of just having someone on the phone that is trying to sell you that. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, um, having that uh, shining penny in your hand with a product that can really sell itself is, is awesome, right? So Follow-up question on this one, actually. You know, do you, do you offer any free trials or like freemium version of your product as a part of the PLG approach? Yeah, so that was all part of the this like uh, endeavor to go fully self-serve. The free plan was added. That was about two years ago we added the free plan. That to us is a great customer acquisition channel. We've had almost 2,000 companies sign up for the free plan. And so that's like a an audience that we wouldn't have had otherwise. I, I don't think we would have attracted 2,000 different companies to fill out a form on our site or or a demo request without our, our free plan. Yeah. And so it becomes an audience that you can cultivate and grow 
we have um, Slack alerts that alert us based on the activity that a free plan user is taking. So if they, we basically give them five partners that they can add. As soon as they get to three partners and then four partners, we're getting alerts. And so th this becomes part of that sales assist where I know how they're using the platform and we know who to reach out to. We're not just blindly going after everybody. Um, so the, the free plan is a big customer acquisition channel. That's such a good point because none of the partner tech platforms really do this, but it's what HubSpot does, right? So it's not like you're not necessarily recreating or reinventing the wheel, but you're just taking advantage of what a really successful CRM has done in a PRM. So yeah, yeah, I like that approach a lot. A ton of, yeah, a ton of uh, companies. That, that's been like how a lot of companies have come up now. Another hot topic, AI. Um, how how are you thinking about incorporating AI into your platform? Uh, and are you using it for any part of like your internal business today already? Yeah, so um, it's we have a little pod internally here um, that is just focused on that. And what were your, like we basically, it was almost overwhelming initially because there were so many different things we could do uh, where every week we'd get on our, our sync and we'd basically like come up with some big idea and then um, there'd be a new uh, like AI basically like every time, every day there was like a new platform or new extension, a new update. And so what we're finding is that we had to kind of dial it down and really focus it a little bit. Uh, and so what we're doing right now is looking and saying, how can we streamline things internally first? Um, how can we maximize uh, leveraging ChatGPT for our own internal needs? And so some of the things that we're starting to do are, are around our, the way that we talk to inbound customers and the information that we include in a, in a sequence, for example. And so we're not just saying, thanks for signing up. We're actually saying, thanks for signing up. We noticed that you have the, this partner, this partner, and that one on your website. Uh, looks like you don't have a portal. You know, really like actually like using our, our inbound sequence for a more effective uh, engagement with that, with that initial customer. Uh, we're also looking at doing some things that help us with our with the lookalike data, and so understanding based on our own inbound those 2,000 free plan users, what what does the next 2,000 look like, and how do we go and identify who those are, and then we're building some things that I'm, I'm, I won't go into too much that'll be more for our customers, and so that'll allow people to mm -hmm. to leverage our data and our database and use that for their own partnering needs. Um, so it's it's a little bit of ways away, but it's something that we're starting to, to brew together. Uh, we are taking advantage of different other platforms that are leveraging ChatGPT and the other extensions. Uh, last week, we launched our own AI in-app chat. And so the in-app chat basically takes into consideration all of our health documentation and all of our public help center docs and gives our users in in partner portal the ability to chat with the with an AI bot that's giving them all the answers and, and things they need. Um, so we're we're leveraging our company to do that because uh, we we think it's just a one way of getting quote unquote AI in our platform, but we are building our own uh, tools as well. That um, idea around like personalizing the outreach seems like a cool way to bring it into the platform, right? To essentially be talking back and forth with a partner, look at crossbeam data and say, we noticed you have these couple of customers, uh, you know, would you be willing to make a referral? Um, so there's a lot of cool opportunities there. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Do you have any preference between the chat GPT and BARD? I mean, 
these two are pretty competitive now, and uh, people have a very strong opinion. What's your opinion? ChatGPT for sure. Um, I I think Bard actually looks nice, and the there are there is some functionality in there that that makes it really easy to share, turn it into a Google Doc, and like continue working in the Google ecosystem. But ChatGPT opens up way more outside of the, the ecosystem that they're building. So it's kind of a pure example of building your own partnerships and, and ecosystems. Uh, Google will continue to be their own walled garden. And, and while ChatGPT basically is allowing everybody to use it with, with their own partners. And so I, I don't feel limited with ChatGPT. I can plug it into anything. Um, so I, I, when I want to use an AI tool, I don't even think about Bard. I go straight to GPT at this point. Um, it's just kind of where I am. All right. So my last question is around um, just giving kudos to others in the industry. You mentioned a bunch of other partner tech companies already, but any other companies that are top of mind for you that you think are doing really cool things in the, the B2B go-to-market tech space? Yeah, yeah, there's, there's, um, so there's a few, um, there's one, uh, called Fluency, which is Jesse Shipman. Um, and Jesse has built, she's building an interesting tool that is giving sales teams and partner teams the, the data and the information they need in real time. Um, it is going to incorporate some, some AI and some machine learning. And it's definitely an interesting platform to check out. Uh, she, she's just kind of, pivoting away from a one platform and launching a super cool one at the same time. And then the the second one is superglue.io. The team over at Superglue is building a really interesting a bunch of use cases that are super interesting. Um, they also just plugged into ChatGPT. And what, what they're doing is allowing you to automate even further outside of what, what we talked about today by plugging into very, very detailed areas of, of your other systems and allowing you to create workflows or journeys for your partners and for your customers, but also your internal team. So what what should an internal team member do when a specific action is taken? Prompting the, the team member, giving them the actual template to use. So it's a really, really nice extension of, of what a lot of the PRMs are doing, but allowing you to do it even further in the go-to-market world. Sounds awesome. Demetrius, anything else from you? No, no. I think this is this is a great overview and I really appreciate, you know, we had this conversation. Um and uh you know, it's also a great insight into how you see the the future of this space, you know, and especially with the changes coming from the chat GPT and other AI tools. I think we don't realize how much this is going to change the way we work. And we all need to learn to work in a new way, right? It's not the same as it was till now. And a lot of these other features will start popping up based on the AI. So, you know, we need to start not only understand, but also learn how to how to deal with that. So I appreciate you sharing your perspective. Yeah, for sure. There was a good um, commencement speech last week with the founder and CEO of NVIDIA. And it was yeah. really about that. Uh, about how he's basically the theme was don't run from AI, run to it uh, because you're you need like the people that are going to win and the ones that are learning to leverage it and, and use it and not try to fight it. So it's it's an interesting speech uh, we're checking out. 
Yeah, it's such an interesting time because there's this real push for efficiency with everything that's happened in the, the macroeconomic environment and efficient yep. growth. And a lot of ways you can gain efficiency is automating processes, right? And I think chat GPT helps do a lot of that work for us. So it's, it's kind of the perfect timing for us to be starting to learn how to take advantage of this stuff. So Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I think there's also more space for um, you know new technologies, emerging technologies to to, to come, um, you know, on the market. And I think the market is trying to figure out what is the next big thing. And so the AI is just the perfect way to to fill that gap and focus on because it's such a has such a prevalent impact on almost every aspect of of our work environment. So yeah, you know, uh, it's just the way we're going to operate and no matter what we think and how, whether we like it or not, it's coming. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, um, as a founder, also like the, the founders that are coming up today, this whole thing is really impacting the fundraising world too, because yeah. if I'm a founder, I can go build and scale and I actually don't need to go hire 20 people to do that anymore. I, I don't need $5 million to, to do that. Uh, so it's also really a big shift in the like private equity, like fun, like VC world too, I think where you're going to have a lot of founders that just, they don't necessarily need capital, uh, which also is a big, big shift. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. So cool. Well, Eddie, thank you so much for joining us and sharing yeah. your, your demo and more details about partner portal. I think it, it gave us a really good understanding of the, the product, uh, and for our audience, feel free to share your thoughts on partner portal and the podcast and reviews and comments. Uh, and thank you for listening and watching. Thanks, Eddie. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the RepTech podcast. Please subscribe on the listening platform of your choice and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing.